hello, everybody. This is Opposing the Matrix again, like we are every Monday night. Uh, today is the 6th of April, 2020, 2020 and uh, we have a very interesting subject tonight. First of all, we have a, a very interesting guest, uh, beloved and special brother, whom I know personally. His name's Brian. Hi, Brian. Hi. How you doing? Good, good. And of course, we got Jim. Eric um, is taking the night off, so you're guaranteed three people anyway. That's a good thing. So, um, so tonight is um, is going to be a controversial subject, and I really wish I could leave the title off till right at the end. <laughs> but all I can ask folks is that you know you just listen to everything, okay? Because you know, like uh, when you're building a puzzle, you you don't see the final puzzle until the last piece is put in, okay? Um, when you're working on a car, you know, it's not going to start running until you put that last wire in or you put the oil in or whatever. Um, you build a house, you know, you don't really start living in it until the electricity is installed into it and the plumbing and everything else. So, you know, um, although it's a controversial subject, you know, and you may not agree with it, um, all, I, all I, we ask is that you just listen and um, <clears throat> and then you can write us later and, and, and whatever. But um uh, it's very essential that <clears throat> you get the whole story um, and, you know, don't get frustrated and turn it off in the, in the middle or anything like that. But anyway, um, tonight we're going to discuss um, if it's possible for um, a believer in Jesus Christ or Yeshua HaMashiach, however you want to say it, his name, um, if it's possible for them to be possessed by demons. Uh, don't leave. <laughs> leave it on. Okay. Um this is a what if, okay, uh, for you. And uh, so we're, we're just going to explore that. And um, I know that Jim and, and Brian both have extensive uh, experience in this. Not not me so much, but um, and but I think uh, the best way to start out, guys, would be since the, the Bible says that our bodies are like the Holy Spirit or are the Holy Spirit of God, and even like they are the Holy Spirit uh, of the temple, excuse me. They are the temple of God. Oh boy! Don't don't go away with what I just said before. My goodness, you'll have us as. A, I got my cold. stone in my hand, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so no, the Bible says that our bodies are the, are the temple of of God, and that the Holy Spirit resides in our bodies. So, I think it's probably quintessential that we um we explore what the temple was, and uh, how that applies to our body and. Um, uh, which one of you would like to take that on? Um, I, 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 I could take it on a little bit and explain that, you know, the, the temple, uh, of course, is a very special place um, in the in Jewish tradition, and it will be again someday. <clears throat> but um, it, was, it was made of different. Now, you think of the temple, you think of the building. No, the temple was, uh, was a, 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 not just a temple, but the grounds around it. And, and the area outside uh, was called the area of the Gentiles, the it's where the unclean people went, okay, that uh, maybe they loved God, but they were still Gentiles and considered unclean, so they went there. Uh, then you had the holy place. Well, they had the outside right in front. Then you had the holy place. Then you had the holy of holies. So the temple was really made up of three or four different areas. So um, I think that's important to know before we start our conversation. What's going um, on? I, oh. <laughs> I, oh, go ahead. I'd like uh, to address that, Dave. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'd love for you to. Go ahead. Um, hi, everybody. Um, that's a good – the temple's a perfect thing to bring up because the way I look at this, 
when you're when you're saved, the Holy Spirit comes into your body, which is your temple, and resides, and your spirit becomes with God's spirit. You're you're one with the Lord now. Mm-hmm. But the best way to look at it, there's the temple, there's the holy there's the outer courts, the inner courts, and the holy of holies. So when you get saved, <clears throat> excuse me, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in the holy of holies where he's the most intimate with you inside your body. Now, in the outer courts and the inner courts, there still can be, um, when the priests in the Old Testament would go into the Holy of Holies, they, they had to have a rope tied to them. If they weren't right before the Lord, before they went in there, God struck them dead, and they had to be pulled out. Mm-hmm. So when we get saved, the Holy Spirit enters our Holy of Holies, makes us pure and clean, because Jesus was a spotless lamb. But the outer courts, um, things that we may have indulged in as a young adult, or there's generational things that have been in us, uh, things that you just can't, you get saved, but you just can't seem to shake some habits off. You've tried everything. Well, you're saved. It's not because you're not saved. It's because what was in the Holy of Holies before was defiled. It was demonic. It was whatever whatever Satan tried to put in there, he put there. When you get saved, he has to vacate that part of your body, that part of who you are, which is the most intimate part of all of us. And that's where the Lord dwells in us. But it doesn't mean he leaves and vacates 100%. He's now out in the outer courts. Uh, it could cause you to be sick. You just don't feel right. You're always depressed. Um, it's just many, many things. I've seen people who have been touched by the Holy Spirit and been delivered from, these are believers, they're godly men, godly women serving in some of our churches. You would never know this, but I've seen it myself. And that evil spirit has to leave the outer courts, the inner courts. He is kicked out. Depression has to go. A lot of times sickness goes. Um, all of a sudden, it's like a weight has lifted off of you, your mind. You can think clearer. You can hear the Lord's voice better and clearer than you ever had before. Mm-hmm. You have this joy, this you can't even explain that inside. You may have a lot of trials and things going on in your life, but it doesn't matter because you have this peace inside of you that you know it's going to be okay. And that's because this darkness, this thing that might have been there for many, many decades has now been removed. And now not only is the Holy of Holies clean, the outer courts is clean, the inner courts is clean, your soul, your personality, the, your, your, your brain, what you think. The Bible talks many places in the New Testament about being sober-minded, sober in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Don't look upon anything that's going to pollute your mind, pollute your eye gates. Uh, and and that's, the Lord wants us to walk in holiness because he is holy. But sometimes it's really hard to live this Christian walk. And you're thinking, why can't I break this habit that I've had for 30 years? It, it could be alcohol, it could be drugs, it could be sex, it could be anything. And and why why can't I do it? I know the Lord. It's because not always, but sometimes there's a there's a, a a demonic influence inside your soul in your body not letting go 
reminding you that you're not worthy, reminding you that God has forgotten about you. And when you're under the power of the Holy Spirit and he cleans the house because you come to the place in your life said, I've had enough of this. I don't want to do this anymore. If I, this cannot, this is, this is the Christian life. This is it. That's where God wants you to come and say, cry out to him and say, God, whatever's in my heart, whatever's in my life that I'm holding on to. And you say, oh, I've confessed this and I've given, forgiven this person. But if we really have, then it wouldn't have such a hold on us, whatever that may be. And so it's the inner courts, the outer court, the outer courts, inner courts, and the holy of holies. And that's where now God has the whole house. Now, why doesn't he just deliver us when we're saved? Because we're saved, we're not going to hell, but the Christian life and salvation is a constant day-by-day walk with God. Right. He wants to partner with us. He could... He could have saved us and just empowered us with the Holy Spirit and got rid of all our faults. But he uses these faults. He even uses the demons to make us closer to him. He uses everything in our life that is bad, even this virus right now, mm -hmm. is making us stronger as believers. And we're going to get through this. And I'll, you know why we're going to get through this? Because no disease, no power on, in heaven, on the earth, is greater than the Lord. And he has our back, and he's going to get us through this. But the demons want to bring fear, especially what's going on right now. And if you're out there and you're afraid of getting sick or you're afraid of this disease, Jesus has conquered all diseases. And so he lives in us. So take courage tonight that there's a God out there, and he's not just out there. He's right inside you. He's right next to you. Mm -hmm. When you think nobody's there, He's even stronger in your life. And so he wants to heal his children from the inside out. And that is done by having a heart that says, I've had enough of this. I want more of you, God. If there's anything in the way, reveal it. Sometimes it's demonic, not all the time, but a lot of times it is. And it happened with me personally. I know firsthand because I, I had to go through that. It totally changed my life. It totally did. And I didn't, I actually was against it. I was angry about what was going on in my church. And I was going to come, my brother was the pastor. And I one night was going to go there and I was getting a piece of my mind at an elders meeting. That very night, I ended up getting delivered and cool. it changed my life. And so, believe me, I was, I had a lot of doubt. I, I grew up in a very conservative Bible believing church. I didn't believe in any of this spiritual gift stuff. Uh, and I was really offended what was going on, but um, I had my encounter with the Lord, and he says, you need it just as much as anybody, if not more, and I didn't plan on it, mm -hmm. and I can say tonight to everybody that's listening, God totally loves you 100%. He's got your back, and if you're struggling with things in your life, he wants to remove them, mm -hmm. and he'll do it, and he'll do it in a loving way at the right time through his Holy Spirit. You know, one thing that I'm finding enjoyable tonight is that um, within evangelical Christianity, all of Christianity that believes you have to be born again to even enter into a relationship with the Lord, Satan has divided us into three different separate hate groups, demonizing one another, keeping us always separate. 
and tonight can address, I hope, explanations for all three camps. Stop fighting with each other. See how you have a piece of a puzzle that all fits together nice and neat. And it's all, it covers all the doctrines. There's, there's three major hurdles. One of them is the group that believes that the gifts have ended. Therefore, anybody that's doing this activity is, is uh, demonic, evil, wicked, and, and whatever. They have to come to that because they have to resort. If you can't see the supernatural part of how God works through people, then you have to rely more on your intellect. If you rely more on your intellect, you don't even understand the rima of the word and the logos of the word have to work together. The others, uh, so you know, so you demonize all the whole group. Then you have those that um, are saying, once saved, always saved, no, you can lose it. Um, you know, and they quote different scriptures, which in most cases, when I argue, and I go, yeah, I agree with you. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I agree with you too. Yeah. Now, if you guys quit fighting, you can see how you fit together. You got two pieces of an important puzzle. So really what it comes down to is that, that um, we have a God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We have, um, we have a spirit, a soul, and a body. We all agree that the body has to die and be raised anew in order to come back to being restored and where it's supposed to be. Now, where we argue is that, that um, and, and what the Bible actually teaches is when the Holy Spirit comes into our human spirit, all of a sudden, like you had already said, uh, Brian, there's an awakening, there's a empowerment. Our spirit now can agree with God's spirit and we receive the mind of Christ. We we are on the inside looking out. But And so when the scriptures that, that talk about a sense of eternal security, this is the ceiling. This is the ceiling. And in the Greek, it literally means God is putting a deposit into your spirit with a full expectation of getting a, uh, an increased return coming back. That can never be undone. It's sealed forever. Once saved, always saved. Now, however, its job is to redeem the mind the intellect, the thing that makes your free will choice to mm -hmm. say and do or come. That, what does it profit a man to, to gain the world and lose his soul? And what price shall he pay for his soul? Work out your salvation with trembling and fear. This is all the scriptures about the redemption of your soul. Guess where Satan is hiding still and remains in your soul? The unclean thinking, the... the um, the wounds, usually what it is, is he's hiding there because he had a special doorway that was created in your free-willed conscious, whether it be subconscious or not. You're not even aware of it. But somewhere, invariably, there was a trauma created in your life. And this trauma created a, a potential for an entry point. And once you bought into a lie, usually what happens, you're so frightened, you have this horrible situation come in, or you're so angry the situation comes in, and then you have this thought, Again, if you don't want this to happen again, then you have to fill in the blanks. That fill in the blanks is actually not your mind thinking this. This is Satan's introduction to how he's going to set a default in your own subconscious. You're going to always default to this very negative reaction. You have, in most cases, most people have no clue that this ever happened. This is their special little doorway that they can enter into and come out of until you are healed from knowing why that was created. What lie did you you know buy into that set this default? This is where counseling and in um, a full gospel experience where you are able to get the information out of this person before God to allow that person to see it, and then they got an ability to fight it. Now they can actually um, able to get through this. Now sometimes it's like in in nature a butterfly when it's a uh, caterpillar and it's in a cocoon, 
if you were to just open that cocoon up for that butterfly and let him let him out so he wouldn't have to struggle getting out, he would never fly. He would die and be consumed by the enemy. All of the strain and all of the things that he had to do to get out of that cocoon was preparing his body, his metabolism, everything to have the, the right set so that he had the strength to be able to fly for the rest of its entire life, the ability to fly. If he didn't get all that resistance, if he got everything automatically all at one time, then he dies. But when by exercising all these things and going through a struggle, he's getting everything prepared for what he's able to do. Sometimes in our lives, we don't get instantly healed because, first off, we'd have an identity crisis. If everything was kicked out of us, we didn't even know who we were because we're that jumbled up with, with uh, life. And depending on our culture and everything, some people, most of the people that I've had to deal with emotionally is when I first started in ministry was bikers living a totally hedonistic life, uh, breaking just about, you know, every kind of uh, destructive tendency in their lives. So, you know, they're... They're a real tangled up mess, and it doesn't happen overnight that you, you know, just get rid of everything. They have to go through a struggling to unwind everything so they can be strong enough to keep these things away. You don't sweep a house and then have it leave it empty. So one of the things we're talking about tonight is that who gets delivered? Well, Brian, I'm, I'm sure you can agree with me. The only time mm -hmm. I've ever worked with an unbeliever it's in the case of murder or suicide. The person is actually, actually trying to kill someone right then and there, or they're trying to kill themselves. And so in that emergency instant, I will address the situation, take over from the physical what is behind the spiritual, kick that entity out, and then talk to this person. And in almost all cases, in the right way, they accept Christ. Now they have the power to make sure that these things don't come back. I never work with an unbeliever. Um, in the abduction counseling, the same thing. I have to tell them first, look, myself, I can't do anything to help you. Only Jesus can help you, but only having a relationship with him can help you. And so I lay it right out in the start. There's no sense in dancing around, you know, spending a couple hours with a person if they have no serious intention ever accepting Christ. If they don't, you know what, I can't. I want to help you, but I can't. Here's the obstacle. You have to have a relationship with him or I would be doing you injustice to try to even work with you. I'm cleaning, cleaning the house so seven times uh, back, they're gonna to try to come in and you have no defense to, to prevent that from happening. I am I would be doing a cursing rather than a blessing for you. So I, I can't mm -hmm. do anything. So, um, you know, these are certain established, not doctrine, not ideas, but, but reality rules that have to be applied if you enter into this kind of a situation. And uh, to my fundamentalist friends out there, I was a fundamentalist before, you know, like you, Brian, before um, Full Gospel, only for a very short time, very short time. Um, when, when the fundamentalists, one thing I like about fundamentalists, they said any experience you have has to go back to book, chapter, text, and verse in the Bible. And mm -hmm. until you find it there, then you're in uncertain territory. I agreed that was totally good. So by using that, I'm looking at the scriptures as I'm starting to read and everything, and I'm realizing... The gifts haven't ended. They're still here for today. I wonder why they say it in. You know, that's crazy. So thank you, fundamentalists. You're the ones by your own standard that helped me find the full gospel is here today for all of us. It never ended. Mm -hmm. It's not going to end until we are standing, beholding him face to face. Then we know even as we're known. 
so many fundamentals say, well, that's the, that's the Bible. You're looking at the book. No, it isn't. Come on. You warn everybody else about pulling things out of context. Put that back in a context. You're standing before Jesus. You're looking at him. You will know even as you're known. It's not, you're not staring at the Bible. Um, it's just like, see, it says tongues will cease. Yeah, but when? At that moment, when you no longer need it. Mm-hmm. Prophecy, everything. Why? Because now you're in eternity. Now you're in a third uh, dimension and a light bulb goes off. Oh, my gosh. You know, this is real. Um, it's like being in flatland where all you have is uh, length and width, but you don't have height. You get into three dimensions, you see, oh, I'm a sphere. I would have never known that if I hadn't been here to see that. Well, the same thing with being outside of time and eternity. We don't have a concept of what it's like to perceive things outside of time. Until we get there, then the light bulb goes off. You go, oh, wow, now I get it. We'll never fully get it. We can have revelations from the Holy Spirit, but we never will fully get it until we're actually there and then experience this other dimension. So it's like when people try to needle me and, you know, see what I, well, what camp are you in? Well, I'm a Baptocostal Calmanist. I'm a little bit of Calvinist. I'm a little bit of Arminism, but a lot of neither. Um, I, I'm a fundamentalist in, in many ways, but I'm a full gospel fundamentalist. I think like a Calvinist and act like an Arminius is what I tell everybody. Um, and in that, all my theological background, my education was in the camp of the Arminius. Um, once they've always say, but I've worked, I've been a, basically a five-point Calvinist all my life. So um, again, I'm a little both and a lot of neither. I don't promote either one. Because I'm, that just doesn't make sense because there's a part truth in both. So I'm able to work with everybody as long as they're able to not fight each other and treat each other with love and respect as a family, which is what we're supposed to do. So I hope through all of this, uh, whatever camp you might come from, if you can relax and hear us out, you'll see how this all fits in. You'll see how we need to start treating each other like family, especially now during an attack, an invisible attack with an invisible enemy. We need to lay down um, the things that we think are so important that divide us, work together so we can defeat this enemy. And in the process, we're going to see how all of us have a piece of the puzzle that fits together. God isn't going to give any one individual. I don't care if you're, you know, going up from one of the two witnesses down to um, uh, a brand new baby Christian that doesn't know anything. Mm-hmm. We all work as a team. We all work as a team. One cannot do uh, anything on its own without the help of, of the others. So, like, um, Dave, you were saying that, well, I don't do much of the uh, actual deliverance, but you have always been an intercessor. You've always prayed in the spirit, in the background. That is so important. Whoever is the lead person is taking the lead in, in, in doing the deliverance, it's not a one-man show. It is everybody in the body fitting together, working together as one that completes it. So that's a wonderful segue, actually, into what I was going to ask you guys. Um, uh, we were talking the other day about this. Um, and we had a very nice conversation. I really enjoyed it. But no, 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 what buts? I want to just add to that. Uh, you know, a lot of us, when we, or a lot of people, I guess, when they think of doing this they think of right away they flash on the movie the exorcist or or they flash on something they've seen on on uh, one of the documentary uh channels and uh you know and a lot of people make uh make this into a very hard thing brian you were let's start with you you were you were explaining the other day basically let's talk about methods you know like, like jim was talking about the intercessor that's very important and 
And so what, what other parts do people play? And, and, um, you know, I don't want to say tricks of the trade because tricks is not a good word, but, um, is, is there a formula, any one certain formula or is there, are there many different, um, avenues or is it as the spirit leads or, or whatever, you know? So can you kind of, um, walk us through what you've experienced and then Jim can go ahead and do that also. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Dave. I was just looking up a scripture. Um, the biggest player in deliverance is the person that's being delivered. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest person that has the most authority for their own deliverance. Because God is not a bully. He's not, he, he could zap you if he wants to, but he wants to partner with you. And so the biggest thing that would happen with me uh, I can speak for myself, and is I got to the place in my walk where I said there has to be more to this Christian walk. I'm going to church, I'm reading my Bible, but I feel like there's a block. There's got to be more, and I don't just mean spiritual gifts. There's why don't I feel Him more? Why do I? It's so hard to pray and find the words, and so. It says in Jeremiah 29, 11, I want to read this if it's okay. Sure. Right. And this is a very famous passage. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. That's the key for deliverance. You have to hunger for God. You can't want to get delivered because you just want to have, you want to feel better. Right. The Holy Spirit is not a Xanax. It's not an antidepressant. It's God. And he wants to change you completely, 100% from the inside out. In a lot of cases, I've seen people's accountants change right in front of me. Mm-hmm. So how does he do it? The first thing is you have to, in your heart and in your mind, I've had enough of the way I'm living. I'm sick of it. I want to walk with you, Lord. I want, I want to think, I want to live for you like I read in the scriptures, not just miracles, but the, but the peace that comes with walking in the Holy Spirit. It, and I'm not talking about you have no problems and you have no trials. That's irrelevant. Right. You should be able to walk through the fire and not even know you're going through the fire if you're led by the Holy Spirit. Radshak, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel were thrown into a fiery furnace. Most of us know that story. But they told the king, we're not going to kneel. You can, we'll, we may die. We may not die. That is irrelevant. We're, we're going to obey our God. That's where God wants our heart. And when our heart gets there, no matter what's in your life and you have in your heart like this passage, you're going to seek him like you're seeking treasure. You're going to be on a treasure hunt, and the treasure you're looking for is what God has for your life. So when you finally, as a person like myself, get away from what does Brian want, what does God want? What is in my life, Lord, that is in the way? Right. And when you pray that prayer, and you mean it for no one, for no selfish reason, not because you want you hit the lottery, you want to you know, finally give me those numbers, God, prophetic numbers for the Powerball. No. <laughs> God, God's not going to do that. That's right. You know, he could, but he, he's, he doesn't usually play the lottery. He, he wants your heart. 
He sees if you're fake or not. He sees that fake smile. How's things going today, Brian? Great, but you're dying on the inside. God knows who you really are. You can't hide from him. The scripture is very plain about that. No matter where we go in the created or, or the scene of the unseen universe, he sees us. So quit playing hide and seek with the Lord and say, I've had enough of this. I'm just lukewarm or I'm a cold Christian. I don't want to be this way. Then that's the key that I found in deliverance. When a person finally gets to that place, I am sick of my life. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And they say, Lord, whatever you have, I don't even care what it looks like. Thou, he can work with that person or work with like he did with me. I got to that place. Been in church for 40 years, been saved since 1970. And I got to that place. Is this it? I don't feel the peace that passes understanding. I don't feel the stuff that other people are talking about. Why not? Because, air quote, I had issues. Everybody's got issues. We're a dysfunctional race from the beginning. Each so, and every one of us, yep. It, exactly, Dave. So you're right. And so in order to deal with this dysfunction in my life, I had to admit that I had dysfunction. I had to swallow my pride and... In the middle of my deliverance that my brother did on me with some elders, um, that's where the spiritual gifts are used. That's why, who is ever listening, don't just go to anybody to get this. First of all, whoever you are out there, don't hide from the Lord anymore. Give him everything. And you have to do it every day. This is not just a formally. You do it once and now your life's great. I wish it was, <laughs> but it's not. It's every single day. Matthew 6 talks about one day at a time. Mm -hmm. So do that and then pray to the Lord that he reveals what's in the way in your heart. And if you need a deliverance and you need some people to come around you, if you have a body of believers or somebody you trust who can find somebody, then be prayed for. But when you're being prayed for, allow the people around you, if they're godly and mature and spirit-filled, allow them to minister to you. Don't try to tell them what you want, because what you want has got you in trouble. You don't need, you, you need to be out of the picture as far as letting God minister to your heart through prayer, through prophecy, words of knowledge, discernment. That's how it happened with me. God revealed some people through people in this that room I was in through the gifts, some things in my life that I had forgotten about, and some things that were so happy to me when I was four or five that I don't remember. But you know what? The demons know they're not dumb, they were there, and they put things in me as a young boy that I didn't even know was there, but it was revealed through the gifts. Mm-hmm. And I, before I even got into that room, yes, I had issues with my brother, I wanted to know what was going on. But in my heart, I wanted more of God, whatever that was. Right. And and I didn't see that what was happening in my church was exactly what I needed because it didn't fit my little picture of what I thought God was going to do. <laughs> totally opposite. And so I got in that elders in that room at one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, and I left a brand new person, my perfect no. Um, everybody has their stuff. We always deal with it. But it took, it was like 
being saved again. I was already saved. I believe once you're saved, you're always saved. But it was like, wow, this is, I could see salvation. I can see the Lord with a clear eyes of my heart and the pain that the demons had caused in my life, even as a young boy, God took it away. In my mind, I still thought about it, but in my heart, it was gone. And that's why Jesus called Satan the accuser of the brethren. He wants to remind everybody who's listening that you're never going to beat what you're in. You might as well just quit. Well, no, that's a lie from the devil, literally. You're going to beat it, and you can beat it, but you have to surrender your heart and your will, what you want, to God. And then it's not just surrender. Ask if you, uh, The Bible seems to be the 3,000-pound book. Yeah. It's the hardest to pick up. It's like it's nailed to my desk sometimes. And I got to use a pry bar to get it off my desk. That's because the demonic forces know that thing glows like a nuclear weapon on your desk. They hate it mm-hmm. because it's filled with truth. You don't have to know the Greek or the Hebrew. You just have to read it. Mm-hmm. And you don't even have to memorize it, which I suggest that you do. But just read it. Start anywhere. And start filling your heart. After you make a prayer like that, you just can't go on and keep doing the same habits. Right. You've got to change your habits. And you've got to be filled with the word. And I noticed that people that I've delivered that did these things, uh, even before we met them, I'm reading my Bible, I'm giving my life over. They were the easiest ones to deliver. Mm-hmm. They literally would come out with just come out. And there was others that it took a couple hours and we're going, what's going on? It's because the person we were talking to and delivering wasn't being honest with themselves, with the Lord. Right. It wasn't that they were lying to us. They just were not being totally open with God. Mm-hmm. And we realized that and through the words and the gifts of the Spirit, the prophecy, word of knowledge, we revealed that to them. They took a few minutes and just prayed to the Lord themselves, and then they got delivered pretty quickly. Right. So anybody out there, just just so you know, what we're going through in the world right now, God is not nervous. God is not scared about this virus. God doesn't get viruses. Mm-hmm. And you know, and what is the body? Don't fear man who can kill the body. The word says, fear God, fear God who can send your soul into hell. Right. That's the person we need to respect. That's the person who's got our back. Because now, if you're out there listening to my voice and you have Jesus in your heart, you have nothing to fear. Even if you have something that you think is inside you. And just so you know, not every person has a demon. Right. And not every person does. So don't start analyzing yourself. Oh, do I have a demon? Is, is, is this, do I have this? Do I have that? Uh, is this? No, just calm yourself down in your heart because I started thinking that at first. And calm yourself down. Be honest with the Lord. You don't have to be a big prayer warrior. You don't have to just, just say, God, if all you said to the Lord was, help me, that's enough. And, and then try to read the Bible. Find some book that you do like in there. Because some, you know, uh, Book of Numbers is not the most exciting book to read. So I just suggest don't start there, but it's a great book. But just start reading the Word. Start listening to Christian music. If you're watching things that you shouldn't, don't watch them. Be sober-minded, it says, and fill your mind with the things of God. 
It's easier said than done, but you, you know what? If you ask God a simple question, and this is what changed my life, this one statement really did. Give me a hunger for your word, God. Give me a desire to seek after you. Pray that every day, whether you feel the goosebumps or not. I guarantee you, if you mean it, he'll do it. And once the word is flowing through you, it's like tilling the ground. The deliverance is like you have to till the ground. So somebody's going to water it. Somebody's going to till it. Somebody's going to plant it. It's just like salvation. This is like the, the analogy of salvation in the Gospels. But it's, for the, but it's for your deliverance. And God wants to deliver you. Why does he want to deliver us? Why does he want to set us free? Because he wants us to have the abundant life. He, right. he doesn't want a bunch of believers running around on antidepressants, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. I know there's, I have friends that are on it, and I get it. This world is depressing sometimes. Mm -hmm. But the antidepressant called filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and I'm not putting anybody down out there. I don't want to offend anybody. I, like I said, I have family members that take this, and I get it. But who's more powerful? 30 milligrams of antidepressant or the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit. And God doesn't want you to live in depression. Right. That's not God's will. That's not one of the fruits of the Spirit, living in depression. And some of you probably have good reason to be depressed. You've lost a loved one, a marriage. You might be sick. You might have cancer. I get it. Uh, I, I totally get that. But God doesn't want you to live that way. He has an abundant life, and the demons want to steal it from believers and they go into our churches and they tell us that if the church only knew the way I really was, they would kick me out of here. That's a demon trying to get you out of church to get you so you won't be prayed for, you won't be delivered. The best time to go to church is when you feel like you never want to walk in the door. That'll probably be the best service you ever had. Right. And, true. And so it's this is a spiritual warfare, guys. This isn't just about a virus. This is spiritual. And this virus is going to go away. And we are going to get back to normal. And the Lord wants to heal the church. And I believe what's happening in the world right now is a reset button for the church. Right. Not that our things are, we idolize the stuff that we own and we have, but we're a pretty wealthy country. And uh, even the least of us who don't have a lot, have a lot. And God's reminding us, I love you guys. You don't need your stuff to have peace. You just need me. You just need me. And the only way, and the way he does that, guys, is he wants you to say, I want you more than I want my stuff. And then that starts the process. And if you seek after him like Jeremiah 29, 11, and you search for him with all your heart, you're going to find him and you're going to be surprised of what he's going to do. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's funny because I, <clears throat> I've been jotting down scriptures, you know, as you guys have been talking. And um, I, I myself, when I first got saved, I was like, OK, that's it. I'm saved. Hey, that's great. You know, and, and you think that, you know, life's going to be hunky dory. I'm uh, not, not going to have any problems that uh, you're perfected, which in a sense you are because you're perfected through Jesus Christ. But you still have the body, like you were saying, the soul, the body still here. So and that's going to remember, Jesus was talking to the disciples and he said the spirit was is willing, but the flesh is weak. 
He was talking about that when he fell asleep when he was praying in the garden. And it is true. Our, our flesh often um, overtakes our spirit. And, um, and my one prayer is that the spirit would become stronger and the flesh would become weaker. But then, you know, I always think about Paul because Paul made a couple. Now, if anybody had the, the wherewithal to be a, um, uh, yeah, which I'm trying to say maybe a stronger believer or something like that. It should have been Paul. You know, when you get knocked off your horse and and Jesus talks to you personally and then uh, blinds you for so many days and and things like that, that's that's quite an experience. So you'd think that he would have a um, a stronger walk with the Lord than you, me, and everybody else, except for maybe the original uh, disciples and apostles. But um, but he constantly said stuff. Uh, what was it? Uh, he said that there was a, a, a messenger of Satan that buffeted him three times. He prayed, and and God's final answer was, my grace is sufficient for you. <clears throat> you know? And and so, in other words, God was saying, don't or Jesus was saying, don't complain. You know, you've got grace. So don't worry. Move on. Do what you got to do. You know? Um, and again, um, he talks about, uh, and I'm, I'm kind of using a, a Dave translation here. But the things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I do are, and the things that I want to do, I don't do. Um, meaning that his, his his soul was in conflict with his spirit. And that again shows me that, you know, that there's there are things, beings that are um, influencing our spirits. But um, the other one I was looking at is, and when I, when I started, I said that when I first got saved, I'd be, okay, good, I'm saved. I, that's it, you know. Um, but uh, there's a scripture in, uh, I think it's Philippians. I, don't, I think it's Philippians. It's not Phil, Philemon. Uh, but anyway, um, being confident of this very thing that he w- which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Christ Jesus. Mm. So it's a process. It doesn't stop. You know, there's constantly um, things that he's working. You know, if you take a, an old rag or something that you've you've washed something with, something very dirty with, yeah, you'll run it under the spigot in, in the sink, and you'll you'll wring it out, but it'll still be dirty. And then you'll run it under the spigot again and again and again and again and try to get it out. And even if you throw it in a washing machine, for goodness sakes, it's still going to have some uh, specks of dirt in it or something. It might be microscopic or something, but nothing is ever really ever clean after you've after you've tainted it like that. And that's what our lives are like. We're tainted. So... Um, Except for the, the grace and blood of Jesus, of course. And um, but uh, the thing is that you know it's, it's it just doesn't stop when you say, "Lord, come into my life," you know, change me and stuff like that. Um, at at your born again experience, it, it goes on until the day you die, until the day, until the minute you draw your last breath, and then you you you'll, you're translated and made perfect. But um, so. I, I just want to encourage people with that, you know, because a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I'm saved, and and but I'm still such a failure, you know. And, and a lot of it has to do with what you guys are talking about, you know, or what we're all talking about, actually. But, um, you know, there are influences in our life, spiritual influences, that don't want to see us succeed. They want us to fail. They want us, like Brian, you were talking about depression. They want us to be depressed. They want to point mm-hmm. out all the bad things that, that are going on in our life. And, and isn't that our tendency for us to do? We always look at 
the one bad thing that's happened instead of the 1500 good things that are going on in our lives at the moment. You know, it's 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 a human tendency to look at uh, failure instead of looking at success. And sometimes that's a good thing because it causes you to want to become more of a success. But it could cause because it could cause a person to become a failure um, in, in their own eyes, that is. And uh, and again, become depressed or uh, get anxious or something like that. And that's not what God wants for us. Um, he, he will give us the peace that passes all understanding, Scripture says. Now, when I, I, I tell this story a lot, and I'm sorry if I'm saying it again, but um, before I was saved, and so this is kind of proves your point again, guys. Um, uh, my mother dragged me to an Assembly of God thing where they had a healing service. Uh, I had very bad eyes when I was younger, and she, for some reason she thought that that was her fault. And, uh, and so she would, you know, I'd always hear, oh, your poor eyes and stuff like that. You know, you know how mothers are. Um so she took me to this service, and, and, you know, I wasn't a believer. As a matter of fact, I was probably more new age than anything else at the time, and, and I just wanted to run out of that place. But I did it because I loved my mom. I still had that in me. And um, so I sat through the service. I didn't pay attention to it. I looked at my feet. I looked at my hands, you know, and everything else. And um, But at the end, you know, finally, they always saved the, the healing part of it to last. So they they called everybody up to the front, and I said, well, you know, this is the center of the church, and if I remember correctly, they always start at the center and work to the outside. So I sat at the outside, and figuring that I would be first, and you know, let's get this over with, and I can bolt out of here. Oh, well, God has a sense of humor, a wonderful sense of humor, and uh, he started at the other end. <laughs> and so I was sitting there, I was starting to sweat, and if, if it was possible for me to have a heart attack at the time, I probably would have had one. Uh, my heart was probably beating, I'm, I'm, ama- I'm assuming probably about 130, 140, 150. It was beating real fast. And, um, and I was scared. And by the time that guy got to me, you know, it was really beating fast and the ang- so, so much anxiety and fear. And he put his hand on my head. And I'm telling you that I had a feeling of perfect peace like I'd never felt in my entire life. And I said, wow, there's something to this. There is really something to this. Now, I really have to investigate and look into this. I I had never felt that good. I had never felt. But, but take into account, though, I wasn't saved. Okay? So, yes, I experienced it for a moment. And it's kind of like the alien abduction thing. You know, you can say the name of Jesus and they'll go away if you're, if you're not saved. But they're going to come back. And they'll probably come back and harass you even more than they did at the beginning. Um, are we still on? Yeah. I just heard, I just heard something. Brian, are you there? Uh-oh. Oh, he's calling in. I got to call him in. Okay. Okay. Sorry, folks. I got to call him in. Okay. Let's see. Let's go. Call in Brian. It says he's here. This is interesting. I kind of figured something like this was going to happen. Brian, are you here? Okay, not yet. Okay. All right, Jim, you're still here, right? I'm still here. Okay. As far as I know, I'm still here. I think I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Is anybody, if, if any of us really still here? Uh, <laughs> oh, no, no. Let's not go there tonight. <laughs> uh, let's see. I can't seem to locate him. Jim, can you find him on the ad and see if you can add him in? All right, let's see. Um, I know I how to know. do this 
I'm going to call him and let him know we're trying to get him back in. All right, I'm trying right now. I think. Wait a minute. Don't do that. Hey, Brian. Yeah. We're trying to get you back in. Just hold on a second. Okay. okay. Sorry. No, it's no big deal. We'll be right. We'll get you in a minute. Okay. Uh, I got to call you in. So, hold on. That's weird. It's not showing them. Okay. Let me see if it'll work now. Sorry, folks. Things like this happen sometimes. Okay. That's weird. It's like he's here, but he's not here. Well, you know what? Maybe I'll go ahead and get my part on um, on this, and you can concentrate more on that, maybe? Yeah, okay. I'll see what I can do. One of the, one of the biggest problems with um, the whole idea of deliverance is that you would think such an important topic that is almost essential to our Christian faith of, of understanding deliverance would be taught by or offered some kind of courses through most um, Bible colleges today. And yet that's one of the biggest problems. You cannot find one clear, decisive program that can walk you through or teach you uh, uh, deliverance for dummies according to the scriptures or the word of God. They don't touch it with a 10-foot pole. I have no answer just why they don't. Um, it, is it an effective infiltration from the enemy in the Bible colleges? Perhaps. But you cannot find any Bible college where you can actually take a course uh, and, that can walk you through and teach you and instruct you on, on uh, deliverance. There's just nothing there. So we all have to end up, you know, that get involved in deliverance. Uh, with me, I was kind of thrown into it uh, involuntarily, too, hey, um, being young. Jim, I think maybe what we're going to have to do is uh, shut down completely. Yeah, I think so. And I, reboot. Right. Yeah. Uh, not reboot. Just uh, let's end the call and then I'll call him and then call you again. OK. OK. If I can remember where I left off, I, I don't. Okay. Nope, so, <laughs> try. Hold on a second. So, folks, we're going to go ahead and uh, cancel the call, and then uh, hopefully it won't end the program. But <laughs> uh, that means you'll have to, you'll have to hook back into the program too. Actually, right? well, actually, the program's still running. The recording is going. So. Oh, okay. Um, all right. All right. So let's uh, let's go ahead and shut this off, and then uh, see what happens. Okay. I'll be right back. Okay. All right, folks, the world of Skype. All right, so let me call Brian first, get him in here. Okay. Oh, we didn't give up. Hey, did it Brian? Okay, good. Sorry good. about that. No, no, that's okay. These things happen all the time. Okay, so I've got you in here. Now I got to get. Uh, I'm going to get Jim back in. Come on, there we go. Let's see. This, this is what we got to do sometimes. So, uh, sorry, it was showing yeah. that you were still part of the call, so it wouldn't let me add you back in. So, 
Okay, so I got Will Helmson. Okay. And, you know, we're, we're coming up against um, powers and principalities that don't want us to do this. So, Jim, you're there. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, good. So we're all back again. So I uh, apologize to the audience, folks. We're sorry that that happened, but things happen. So uh, Brian feels bad about it. I don't want you to feel that way, brother. It's not your fault, okay? <laughs> so, all righty. Okay, so, Jim, you were um, – Jim, Jim started to explain uh, his side of it, too, okay? So uh, I'm going to let him continue, okay? Yeah. Okay. Um, if I can remember, I think I was aware of the fact that, um, you know, there's no official course in any Bible college for right. deliverance, instruction, walking you through, uh, or anything. So all of us who have found ourselves thrown into this situation, mine happened, um, Brian got saved in 1970, I got saved in 1974, um, by 1977, I was in ministry, um, going to Bible college to learn how to do what I was already doing, being a pastor. Um, but being a pastor in having the first evangelical Christian motorcycle ministry, one of the first in the country and one of the first in Detroit and working with that kind of a lifestyle, um, you get people that are really bound up and wound up with a lot of demonic activity. And we had one person that was uh, out of control and I kind of took control and at least subdued the demon from a major disruption in our, um, in our uh, place at the time. But then I realized, Oh my gosh, I really don't know a lot about this and I need to know more. Um, being in college, I already asked around and everything and I come to realize, my gosh, there's no official course for this. There's nobody in teaching this stuff. So I was fortunate to find a book uh, by Derek Prince. Um, great foundational stuff, but in such conflict with what I was seeing on TV from some of the local evangelists there. I mean, that's enough to, chase everybody away from from some of it once you find out how non-scriptural or unbiblical a lot of the practices were and it was more of a three-ring circus so um it's very confusing to try to get into and and get a good balanced start because there's a lot of you know not a lot of stuff out there that is uh sound and it's like digging for gold you got to go through a lot of dirt to find the gold elements now of all things i I prayed because I really wanted to get this right. I mean, I'm dealing with people's minds. I don't want to make them in a worse condition than they were before. And I really knew very little about it. Um, Derek Prince gave, gave me some good structural guidelines and some framework that was pretty solid. And I thank God for, for that. Um, there was another book that was, I, I think, uh, written where it could be taken to an extreme called Pigs in the Parlor. So it had some practical applications there that were good, but it, it left it too loose-ended in some ways, and it could cause a person to go to an opposite extreme very easily. Now you get in these three-hour sweat-grenching, um, you know, pleading the blood of Jesus, you know, over and over again, and, and you know, crazy stuff like that. That did, I did get to that point. I'm going, Lord, this is not what I read in the Bible. you got to Please help me find that it shouldn't be this hard. What am I doing wrong? Then, of all things, I ran into, back then, the Catholic Charismatic Renewal was very popular, and these were Catholics that all of a sudden realized that you had to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Unfortunately, many of them were cut and jumped from, from uh, stand-up, sit-down, and also with you Latin, and then jumping into the gifts of the Spirit. 
where in some cases they forgot the other part. You've got to get born again first, you know, to make this stuff work. Most of them were anyway in spite of the Catholic Church, but the essence of what they were teaching was inner healing. This was actually a part of the first century church and still had a core group that existed in the Holy Roman Empire after Constantine, you know, got involved in all of that weirdness and everything. So, but it was still a faithful remnant that had preserved this understanding. I was very fortunate to attend a seminar where I learned all of this that goes back to the fourth century. It had little to do with the Catholic Church, more to do with what the real founding fathers of our faith had given us as a regular part of what they did when they walked with Jesus. So I learned the important factors that you don't have a three-hour sweat-drenching, pleading the blood of Jesus, something's wrong, stop. Don't do it anymore. Excuse me. Um, so getting to the root causes <clears throat> was important. And how you do that is the inner healing. Um, whether it be physical healing, emotional healing, there's always roots in and do things that you're doing ignorantly because your default's been set in a very negative way. We got to find out what's the entry points to these things, uh, get those things healed, and then that person can be instantly delivered. There's no ground for the enemy to stand on anymore. You've addressed everything that needed to be known. So invariably, you know, uh, like uh, Brian, I know you found it in a different way, but we came to the same conclusions. But we had <laughs> we had to find them on our own because there was nobody nowhere where you could just go to the bookstore and pick up uh, uh, deliverance for dummies that can walk you through it. You, you had to go by trial and error. And I know some of you, oh, that's, that's terrible. No, this was maybe even God's grace and mercy on all of us. Uh, like the butterfly, it had to just, you know, it had to exercise and strain and groan and moan. Maybe all of us have to do it that way so that through the whole process, if we are wanting to see people set free by God's love, we're not doing it for any other motivation other than to be an extension and expression of God's love and his gifts to see people set free. That's our motivation. We are always going to come to the same conclusions. We are always going to be led to the same important things. But we do this in a struggle because then in the outcome, we are totally ready to be the manifestations of the sons of God at these last days, at the last of the last days right now. Um, and I think, I think I see that now when I look back at all the negative and positive things in coming to where I'm at right now with the gifts and how I can maneuver and, and work in them. Um, I don't know that I could have come to the same conclusion without all of the on the job, tough knock, uh, hard knocks training. It allowed me to be who I am today. I don't know that I would have gotten it by reading a book. Uh, you know, that gave me all the answers. Um, you know, the guidebook, you know, for, you know, deliverance for dummies. So, yeah, um, it's, I'd like to be, add to that if that's okay. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, Brian. Brian, please. I hope you didn't disappear again. Oh, <laughs> Brian, Brian hello. There. Brian, no. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, Satan. You think you're the prince and the power of the air, so you can take control of the air here. And no, you can't. So. Uh, we just command you to be gone out. Let your hands off of this production, this program, in Jesus' name right now. Um, wow. Huh. So, yeah, I'm, gotta do I'm oh, back. You're, there. you're oh, back. That, oh. Okay, good, good. I, that okay. was weird. I lost the connection when I got it back. So, 
Oh, you're some kind of trans-dimensional traveler or something here? I mean, yeah. stay, in, stay, in his, stay in his dimension with us, Brian, just for a little while, okay? Well, just, it's, just an it's hour easier more, than going to the airport. It's easier than going to the airport right now, so I just figured <laughs> yeah. I'd do that. Oh, gosh. That's hilarious. Well, next time, take a camera um, with you and let us walk through with you on it, okay? So we can all yeah. listen. <laughs> so you're going to add to that, uh, Brian? Is, yeah, Um Gosh, it's just like yes and amen to everything you're saying. It's just, yeah, it's a hundred. Yeah, I wish there was a book instead of um, would would you say dummies? Yeah, like the you know the yeah, um, deliverance for dummies. Yeah, deliverance for dummies. You know, you go and go to the store and get a, anything else for dummies uh, thing, but you don't find one of those for deliverance. What? Oh, oh no, Brian, come on, come back, Brian. Darn wormholes, doing it to you every time. <laughs> oh, gosh. Brian, hello? You forgot your webcam. You're going to take it and guide us through. Well, there I am. I'm back again. <laughs> okay, good, good. <laughs> I just had th – this This dimension's a little boring for me, so I just had to – anyway. <laughs> yeah, we're supposed to take the webcam so you could follow us through, but you, you forgot. <laughs> Before I lose the connection again, um, yeah, sorry, uh, and that's okay. It's just the way it is nowadays. Um, far as the actual deliverance, uh, what you're saying is is totally right. There's no way to learn this. They don't teach it in the schools. They don't teach it in the churches. I mean, uh, I, it was it was it was the dummy doing the deliverance, not the book. You know, we just say deliverance for dummies. It was the dummy doing the deliverance. And just had to learn the hard way and, and learned. But you do learn that life kind of teaches this stuff, whether you like it or not. And one of the things that I've learned, the person has to be ready. I usually, if I pray for somebody with other people, uh, if it's a woman, there should not be a man with a woman. There should be another woman there at least. Right. Uh, and then vice versa. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And this is for my the listeners that are listening who have never done this. Um, and if I'm praying for a woman and there's personal things coming out that I shouldn't be hearing as a man, I leave the room and I leave it up to the spirit, the godly women that are there. That's wisdom. That's to do it. I agree. You know, and then they'll come and get me if they want me to come back in later. If not, um, men and women are equal in the Lord. Their power is just as powerful as ours. And, and yep. uh, it's we're we're all partners in this, and um, and so and, that's and the same would be the same would be reversed if there was you know male to male, then it would be time for the woman maybe to leave and come back. So it's it's not just gender specific here; it's just um, not giving yeah. place or room for the devil. Exactly, you're, you're, that's it. And so that's the first thing. And then the other thing is, if you're praying for somebody, um. I usually talk to them for a few minutes, but I don't spend a lot of time interviewing them. But I want to obviously know their name, introduce myself, get to know them a little bit. But I don't, as a, as a spirit-filled believer, I don't want to know too much about them because I want to leave room for the Holy Spirit to speak to them. So if I know too much about them and I give a word to them or a prophecy to them, they're going to think, well, he just, I just told them that. That doesn't mean anything. So you want to leave, you want to know stuff about them. You want to know, you know, where they're from and what their name and what's going on a little bit. But we're not there to counsel them. We're not there to give them advice. You're there to be used by the Lord with the other people 
to deliver them of demonic forces that are holding them back. And you also don't want to feel pressure like, oh, my gosh, I've got to deliver this person. They're expecting me to, to help them. You got to take it off of yourself and say whatever the Lord wants. Mm-hmm. And I, I've prayed you know, with others for people for deliverance. And they had several different deliverance sessions where they came back and we cast out demons at every session. Mm-hmm. Um, and it got easier each time. The first time was the hardest to break through the barriers of whatever the person was going through. So you, if you're out there listening, you, it, it may be a one night process and you're done. It might take a few times. But in between, if it does that happen to you, when you go home, don't dwell that you're not done. Don't dwell on anything but with about the Lord. Be in the Word. Thank God for that He's you're being delivered and and fill your heart and your mind and your soul with the Word of God, with fellowship, with Christian music, with the assembling of the saints, you know. And and then you go back and you're stronger each time you go back because every time one is removed from you, you have to replace it. You're 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 saved, but you want to replace it with knowledge of the word with prayer let let god now minister to that space that was voided by demonic leaving and so you want god to just heal those areas that you gave him that night and during that session during that time of prayer and the time of deliverance if you're being prayed for uh like uh, jim mentioned and it's been an hour and nothing's happening or, or it's, there's a manifestation of demons, but it's not coming out. Then it's time to kind of stop for a minute. And I, a lot of times I'll pray, give us wisdom what's going on. If, and then if nothing comes to anybody, then I talk to the person and I say, well, something's happening here. And I interview them a little bit more. And I say, there must be something in your life that's you maybe not even know about. And a lot of times we'll pray again and a word of knowledge will come. Something's revealed in it that I had forgotten about. Oh, yeah, I forgot about this. And then they renounce it. They give it to the Lord. And then the demon comes out. So. And never get into a conversation with a demon. When you first start doing this, it's fascinating. It's just it's it is. It's fascinating because you're 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 into another realm that we can't see, but it's very real. And so don't get into a conversation with a demon because demons are liars. And then um, you're getting into necromancy. You're talking to the dead. And you're not supposed to be doing that. I mean, and it's like talking to a 14-year-old teenager. Half the stuff that comes out of his mouth is not going to be true. Yeah. <laughs> well, and when you've got to realize that the, the demonic in Gadara, uh, when Jesus said, who are you? We are legions for we are many. That was He was not telling him the truth. They were bragging. They were saying, there's so many of us. What are you going to do about it? And he showed them what they were going to do about it. Well, if they lied to Jesus, for Pete's sakes, people, what do you think they're going to do to you? Yeah, right. They're they're liars. It's their job. It's what they do. It's who they are. So I, you never ask a demon anything. That's what we got the gifts of the Holy Spirit for. We need to know anything about them. We we go back to the, the Lord. He'll tell us. We don't don't talk to demons. No. I, but you're right. I remember I went through a period in, in in my immaturity, not knowing any better. I was sitting there talking to him because I saw them do that on TV with a, well, I better not say the name, but a, a very well-known TV personality that they used to actually put on a public display and say, see, people, listen, this guy's, you know, this demon's talk. No, you don't, 
Oh gosh, that's so wrong. So right. yeah, we we all slept through that. And then there's this idea that oh my gosh, you know we got to get this thing out. It's in the oh you know what are we going to do? Well the thing is, look that sucker's been in there most of your life. He's been he he jumped in and got a free ride in the taxi cab when he should be not even there at all. So. Uh, it took him that long to get in there. You know what? It's going to take a while maybe to get him out. I've worked with several paranoid schizophrenics. Um, that's where I learned that, that there are actually demons that can come in like clusters and actually take on and fake out a personality. There's a straw man and then there's all these secondary level uh, demons that are all combined together and they can imitate a personality. It takes a long time to get this uh, undone. In right. both cases of paranoid schizophrenia, it took me a year to see them both finally get totally set free. It was a commitment. One, I had to be with at least once a week, give them assignments, give them work, give them minds, actively thinking on the things of God, studying it and, and experiencing God and reoccupying that empty time that they had all this other time where they were imagining and entertaining. One guy had convinced that he had uh, microphones and speakers that were nanobot technology put in his brain because he was disobedient on on an order in the army back in the 60s for pete's sakes he's a little bit older than i am um but he had he he had early medical retirement he had all this time of just sitting around imagining and entertaining and feeding these things so that it, he gave them an empowerment that took a year to unwind it's a commitment on my behalf that I have to make myself available for that. Uh, yeah. Most churches are structured for whatever deliverance forms they do have. It's only for a couple of months. And then you turn it over to usually a Christian psychologist that hasn't had any experience in any kind of supernatural paranormal background whatsoever. So they get lost in the shuffle. And the thing is, that you know, you, it takes time sometimes, a lot of time, and it takes commitment on our part to be there for them to to work yeah. it all through. Well, you know, you were talking about the book, uh, a book of um, for dummies, you know, and uh, th there's no way that could work because <clears throat> this, exactly. this is a gift. This is a gift that the Holy Spirit gives, you know, and and every person is, is case specific. You know, yep. every person's different. So to, to use a model would not be would not be a very accurate thing to do. Kind of reminds me of uh, Bethel Redding and their school of prophecy. You know, that's a gift that's given from the Lord. That's an office that's given from the Lord. How can you teach something that, you know, a school of prophecy? It, to me, it's, it's ludicrous. It really you know, is. Dave, if they keep it simple, it works. If they start getting, this is where, you know, you get, it's almost like selling supplements. We got this supplement to take care of everything. But now we've got this other one that's more specific here. Well, wait a minute. If the one can take care of everything, why do we got the other? You know, so they do the same thing with that. I, I do go to one um, that um, a friend of mine teaches, and I learned more in three or four. He only comes together once a month. I've learned more in those three or four times with him um, that allowed me to take what I have the next step higher. But the thing I like about him, he keeps it simple. Right. And he doesn't, you know, this isn't something that's intended for you to keep coming to my meetings for years and years. This is, let's mm -hmm. teach the simplicity and then move on. Right. Move on and we'll use it. That works. But it, when you yeah. get into the other thing, you know, where um, almost like the TV, you know, thing, they show you this super duper great thing that you could have. But if you uh, order now, we'll give you another one. Just pay a separate fee. I don't need two of them. I don't need a lifelong supply. I just need the one. You know, it, it's. Uh, I don't know how, it's just human tendencies, I guess. I, I don't know. 
Yeah. Um, I, I was thinking of uh, something I'd like to bring up. It's, it's totally related to what we're talking about, but there's probably people out there that are wondering, okay, um, I, was, I grew up a certain way. I, I don't believe you guys. I don't see how. How can a demon live in the body where the Holy Spirit's dwelling? Isn't the Holy Spirit light and all power? Yes, but I would say, because I used to think this, uh, Satan in Isaiah would go up into heaven and accuse uh, before God, Job, and stand before God's throne, and he was in heaven when he did that. Right. Yep. Yeah. He wasn't on the earth communicating through a cell phone. He went directly, and uh, he was in God's presence at good. the throne. Yeah, good, good point, man. Good point. I and like then, that. And then there's Peter, the night Jesus was going to be betrayed. And he's trying to stop Jesus from going to the cross. And Jesus said to him, get behind me, Satan. What's that about? And he could have been manipulated from the outside or in, but he said directly to Peter, get behind me. And so there's, there's places in Scripture where it states that yeah, Satan can be around where the Holy Spirit is. And matter of fact, he's in our churches. Yeah, and he might even be the deacon and elder or somebody sitting in the pew. We don't know, but he's there. But also, there are millions and billions of angels. There's twice as many angels as there are demons. And we, we can't forget that we do win this fight. God wins it for us. Yep. You know, so um, if you're listening out there... How can the Holy Spirit be at the same place? Well, it's in it's in Scripture. It's definitely in in, in Scripture. And so, um, I would just encourage everybody who's listening to really seek the Lord for your life if you're struggling, and ask Him to reveal what's going on. It may not be a deliverance. It just may be something you've just got to change a little bit in your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but ask Him because God's ultimate goal for us is to draw close to Him. And him, it says, if we draw nigh to him, he draws close to us. Right. But it never says he backs away. Right. He says, if you draw close to him, he'll draw close to you. If we walk away, does he walk away? No. It's like the prodigal son. He'll go out and find us. He'll he'll bring us in. We're the if we're the one sheep, he'll leave the ninety nine and go after us. Uh-huh. He's he's like a dog with a bone when it comes to us. He, he laid down his life for us. He's given us all things pertaining to godliness, the scripture says. Everything we need, we have to live this life. And so, but over the last few hundred years, um, this, this thought of a demon being a believer has been washed away. I, I, I remember uh, in the Gospels, Jesus gave them power to heal, heal all diseases and to cast out all demons. And like we talked yesterday, uh, Jim and Dave, um, you're not going to cast demons out of unsaved people and then just leave them. No. Actually, they're wide open for attack. And they're going to even be worse. They have no defense against demonic forces because they're unbelievers. And so when he told them to do that, when they're going out and casting out demons and healing the sick, those people probably are being saved at the same time. Right. And uh, yeah. actually, that's probably what's happening to them first. And the demons probably manifested. So they have to cast them out and they have to heal the diseases. And a lot of the diseases were caused by the demons that were being cast out. So they were healed at the same time. So to listeners out there, yes, this is real. 
and we have not been taught in our churches. And I think that's demonic a little bit, not on purpose, but just um, it just they don't want to scare us. They don't want to scare us out of their churches. But the truth doesn't scare if it's given with love and with the Holy Spirit. The truth will set you free. And God wants to set us free tonight and, and, and tomorrow and the next day. He wants us to live a life not in fear of man, not in fear of the demonic, but total peace, living with joy on this world, even in the midst of a coronavirus. We can have joy and peace in the midst of our house, with our kids home. Maybe you're not working tonight and Satan is making you worry like crazy that you're going to lose everything. You know what? I can tell you there's a God there tonight that wants to give you peace that it's going to be okay. If you're a believer, it's going to be okay. And uh, the demons don't want us to tell you this stuff. They want it to be a secret. But Jim has dealt with it, and Dave has seen it. I've dealt with it. It's real. And God wants to deliver his church and take the chains off. And uh, if this was taught more in our churches, can you imagine the things that we would see going on in our churches that the Lord would be doing? It'd be amazing to watch. And it is. There's amazing things going on, but it's not what it could be. Right. And I encourage anybody tonight, don't be afraid. Ask God for help. Pray. Be in the word. And ask God to bring the right people in your life to help you. Exactly. And the thing is that we read that it is going to be, uh, it will ultimately come to where we're all going to be on the same page. We're all going to be the, what's called the manifestation of the sons of God, a time when when we as individual Christians, no matter what our titles or status or, or wherever we're at in, in God's kingdom in light, we are all a potential stick of dynamite in God's hands. He's no respecter of people. But there's going to be this awakening so that all of us are the manifestation of sons of God, which means that we all individually come to a fullness of realization of what we are entitled to as his children. That all things were all power was given unto Jesus. He transferred that power to us. So as his children, especially in the last of the last days, as Satan is pouring out everything against us, we have a full arsenal of weaponry as his children to take command, to have confidence, to have the authority, to have enough confidence in his word, his promise, and experiencing personally what God has done for us. We are, we end up becoming this experienced spiritual combat warfare uh, veteran, and we know our authority, so we're able to exercise it boldly and come against um, the um, the Antichrist and his system and, and all the hordes of demons. And we make war on them, and they lose for the first three and a half years. Now, the only reason they have any appearance of even winning is in the last three and a half years, it says that authority was given unto him to vanquish and overcome the saints. But then it, it even says an end. It's a win-win situation. He overcomes them. Yeah, he kills them. But you know what? He hasn't be defeated them. It says because they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and, not, and love not their lives even unto death. So even if you kill us, so what? We got a seal on our forehead. We are, we are, we are one of the end time warriors. And, and if you're going to kill me, it's only because my Lord allowed you to, because this is fulfilling a part of the prophecy. 
and uh, you lose, we win. Uh, we're studying the efforts of losers. When they, when some of the conspiracy people that uh, I guess they get so hung up on the conspiratorial aspect, and I'm not against conspiracies. Believe me, it's biblical, it's scriptural. It's right there in Revelation 17, starting at verses 11 to 13. Uh, there are 10 people that have received no powers kingdom yet, but they w uh, will, will, as kings, give their power unto the beast because they have one mind. That is a conspiracy of a global elite that is knows they're working for the uh, the God of this world, Satan, and they give all of their power, resources, efforts to this beast so that it can accomplish what it wants to do. But I find it very interesting that the United Nations, if you follow the money trail and, and everything else, the United Nations is just merely the, the uh, uh, Nazism repackaged and the same monies that, that financed the Nazi machinery is now put it into um, the United Nations. Why? Because the United Nations is kind of a New Testament version of Nazism. The, the Nazis in the Third Reich were the Old Testament version based on bloodline and national identity. The new ones are based on uh, the concept of uh, God, whoever you conceive them to, to be, as long as you realize that you are your own God and that that this God of this world can provide you with an alternate to heaven, which is hell, which is actually just being independent from, from this accountable God, and you can be your own God, and you can do your own thing. So it, it's just be packaged, same old rotten uh, theosophy message from Holina Blavatsky, repackaged and given. So you have a New Age version, you have an Old Testament version. Unfortunately, a New Age version is what's now existing and growing and be becoming powerful. But um, we see there. You know, they have carved out the entire world into 10 different sections for this new world uh, order. 10 sections, gee, really? And so here's these 10 people that invested in 10 sections. Do you think they're going to be one of the leaders of one of the 10s? Sure, that's why they invested all this money. So a global conspiracy is real, and I get it, and it's, and, and it's on all different kinds of levels. But still, I'm keeping always in my mind, we're studying the effects of losers. They don't win, they lost. The unfortunate thing is they already lost and don't even know it. And unfortunately for Christians, we've already won and some of you don't realize it. Mm -hmm. It's We don't have anything to worry about. We are on the winning side, win, win or lose. Now, some people that, that adhere to some of the, uh, and I'm stepping on toes here, tough, um, the Left Behind series by Tim LaHaye. You know, and that, I hate to say it, but that has a certain amount of American vanity and egotism to it. Now, first off, Tim LaHaye was not a Bible theologian. He's not um, a scholar in any way, shape, or form, just a guy that put this together and, and composed some of the popular teachings that go back to the Azusa Street thing. And I'm not against the Azusa Street thing. It was an amazing, awesome, um, outpouring God's spirit. But some of them, this is where this pre-tribulation uh, rapture, that escape clause for Americans that somehow were special and we're going to you know, go away. They added things from man that didn't belong in it there. There were truths there but they added their own man-made things. And part of the man-made things were the vanity that Americans somehow were special and we're going to, we're not have to go through anything bad. We're just going to be pooped away. No, I'm sorry, but you're going to find out very, very soon that, that that kind of concept isn't even biblical. And we are going to be no different than the uh, Christians in Uganda under the rule of Idi Amin. He says, he decided to mock Christianity. He said, uh, okay, the Bible says that uh, it's, it's with, with the, your lips that you confess Jesus Christ is Lord. So I'm going to rip your, cut your lips off so you can't even say Jesus Christ is Lord. 
And so that's a mockery. How much of a tribulation can a tribulation be? In in the uh, in Cambodia, when the communists took over, the Khmer Rouge took the elders of the church, put spikes through their eye sockets into the uh, a, a wooden cross and crucified them. How much of a tribulation did they go through? So for us to say that we're we're Americans, we're Christians, we don't have to go through this. At, at my church where I where I used to go at uh, Christ Community. Uh, church. This guy taught everything from Genesis to Paradigm. He had an understanding of all of it. Let me teach and preach occasionally until the elders told him to, you know, stop it. Don't let this guy do anything. We don't want him to do that. That whole structure is wrong in, in, anyway in the first place. But anyways, um, here was a place that really understood the heart of evangelism. They would send out people, uh, even their children, to Sharia law controlled places. They knew that the, you know, it wasn't to be a missionary wasn't to mean that you had to have credentials or anything. If you had a heart to serve God and you went through their little training program, anybody and everybody was their um, missionary evangelists. And it was awesome. So we got to see firsthand the power of God and what really was happening through individuals. You didn't have to be a credited person. God prepares the willing heart to go and be before kings and priests and rulers and whatever. So there's a lot of people out there in our audience that have been promised some pretty amazing, incredible things. And they're wondering, how do I fit into this? How can that possibly be? Hold on to your seats. I'm telling you, you got a role bigger than you ever understood, but you don't need a title like the 144,000 to know what you're going to be or who you're going to be. But guess what? That's who you are. If you don't believe me, go to my website, Echoes of Enoch. And look under who are the 144,000. You're going to find out there was a 14th century uh, theologian that could be, should be shouting his teachings from the rooftops right now. He understood it even back in his day that there wasn't a bunch of Jewish male virgins that suddenly wake up and become these wonderful, powerful people. These are a people that had a seal on their forehead from the time they were born. They were prepared and ready to be these end time warriors. Your entire life has made you who you are today. So you don't even have to try to say, oh, my God, I got to be one. Of, I can't, you know, no, you don't have to just be yourself today, who you are. With a sincere heart conforming to the word of God, you are who you are because of everything you've gone through. Just don't pressure yourself into having a title. Just keep being yourself today. Be free to do that. It's going to find you because you can't find it. Right. Well, there, and, there, there is a promise, Jim, and um, it's in Second Chronicles seven fourteen, and I think we all know it. If my people, which are called by my yep. name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. So, you know, if, if those conditions are met um, and America turns around, then I don't see any problem with, you know, there being a... a well, we, we know that the true church is, is just... Um, Oh, what am I, what's that word I'm looking for? A remnant. A remnant, yeah. We're a remnant. Well, you know, we're being tested right now. That's what the coronavirus yeah. is. It's our test. And you know what? We're passing with flying colors. We're not buying into the fair. We're not going to riot and, and, and get crazy in the streets. Um, matter of fact, the more of us die, the more power God is showing. Um, you know, I, I got to confess, I had that all wrong. I know from, from the Lord working in me, you know, elevating the next level of healing and everything. I have been saying, oh my gosh, in Detroit, people aren't going to die. This is great. We're going to be, you know, seeing healing. And everything. I have to say, I apologize to everybody. I was injecting things from my own personal life. The Lord told me that, that um, in a dream, he said, New York, like, New York 
in Chicago were speaking to Detroit. Chicago said, what makes you so special? Um, we set the legal precedence for the entire country. Whatever we say goes for the rest of the country. So what makes you so special? New York says, what makes you so special? We set the trends and policies for the entire world. Well, makes so special. I'm thinking that's really positive. That's a very good thing. So I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, with the healing and everything. Wow. You know what? That means people aren't going to die in Detroit. We're going to all be healed and people are going to marvel at the wonder and power of, of God. And boy, did I get that totally wrong. And I so I apologize to that. I injected some of me. I'm a filter. My filter wasn't very good that time. And the only mistake I made is I should have continued like I do with everything else. I'm very articulate in the way I present myself, almost in a legal manner, because I'm trying to get myself off the hook. I don't want to mislead or steer anyone. But I usually say coulda, woulda, or shoulda, or maybe. I have snapshot pictures of what events are going to happen. I know they're going to happen someday. I don't know when, and I don't know how they intermix um with other events because some of these things when they happen they're gonna be like dominoes tipping over boom 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 all at one time it's gonna make the whole world spin head spin so in this instance i said pretty much i'll thus say the lord because i said oh in detroit we're not gonna die we're gonna all live no you know what in detroit we're getting our butts kicked we're getting more people dead there we're the third highest uh uh dead count in the whole nation so that we were the first to get this emergency uh pan um uh uh some kind of federal emergency package. Now everybody's on it, but we were the first uh, to get it. But what I see now is what actually is happening is in spite of the double whammy that Detroit is given. And I think the devil's doing that because he knows that the, the last through all the, the prophetic gifting of uh, David Wilkerson, uh, Kim Clement, Mark Taylor, the last greatest revival begins in specifically Michigan, having God's hand upon the earth. But it, it comes from Detroit. And so here I am in Detroit. God brought me back from Detroit. And he brought a lot of people from all over back to Detroit for this specific time. So the devil knows that. So he pours a double dose of his wrath upon us to cause us to be discouraged, to cause us to be at tension with each other for, you know, everything from doctrine to race or whatever. He, however, he can divide. And it's not working because we're coming more and more together. Matter of fact, on a nation we are helping one another. We're breaking down barriers. Even some of the uh, um, Democrats have come over and, and said, our, our governess, I just, I love this woman. I mean, she just will refuses to be baited into a um, political thing. She keeps saying politics should be swept aside right now. We need to concentrate on working together. Um, I, I just think that's awesome. And many others are coming over the same way. A lot of Democrats. I mean, they're just really saying, look, we got to get through this as one family. And it's working. It's working so that I think some of that is going to actually be permanent after the reset. Even there's going to be many people that um, see the ugliness of some of the, the way you know, others like Pelosi and others are acting just, you know, crazily like maniacs. They see it and then disgust them, too. And so they're whatever moral fiber they have, it's snapping back and they're snapping out of it. And so this coronavirus is actually our final test as a nation. And we are passing with flying colors because we're not buying into the fear. We're not buying into the anger. We right. continue to work as one family to get through this. When we do, then we have now become a nation that can be blessed according to Deuteronomy 28th chapter, as a nation. It's different than, you know, we're not going to make everybody have to become Christian, but we're going to return and honor the God according to Deuteronomy 28. We're going to receive the blessings of God as a nation, honoring God, because we're going to return our country to conformity 
to those 10 suggestions. That, I mean, oh, uh, 10 commandments that he made um, that are not suggestions. And our laws are going to be, as a republic, formed to honor God and conformity to those things, at least on a moral issue as a nation. Um, I think it's awesome. So yeah. but, we're going to be defending uh, U.S. against U.N., UN is going to be booted out of here and, and uh, it's going to continue its antichrist agenda. And we are going to continue an agenda to have other nations be brought into being blessed also as we are. And I'm seeing it start to work where nations are, my gosh, what was it? Great Britain. It had a whole bunch of extra stuff and they're sending some to Switzerland and, and um, uh, some to Spain. And I think France was sending a bunch of stuff to Spain. I mean, Man, we're starting to work just out of compassion, out of love, uh, in spite of politics, in spite of everything else. It's just, it's pretty cool to right. see. But when I when I see that scripture, though, I think of I think more of uh, the church, my people that are called by my name. Yeah, and, we set example, right? Yeah, but I think that it's when when that happens, um, and and the American, well, should I say the remnant, uh, comes together, and uh, and and humbles themselves and they pray and they seek the face and turn from the wicked ways. Uh, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. So when the remnant is totally in line with God, I think the rapture could happen at any time. Uh, what say you, um, Brian, about that? Um, yeah, I mean, we're definitely living in the last days. Um, the, the new world order that's part of what this virus is about. It's about the new world order wanting to do its thing. So, yeah, I believe we're really close. Um, I believe we're really close. It, it's hard to believe that the stuff that we're seeing now, because I stuff that we're seeing on television every day. I remember 30 or 40 years ago reading the scriptures about this. And now, now we're, we're seeing it unfold in front of us every day. It's so much so it's almost like, where do you where do you begin? You know, you got famine, you have wars, rumors of wars, you have sickness, you have the vi well, virus pestilence. We have that now. So, um, yeah, I, I it's just like, how do you it's hard to keep up. I mean, uh, I mean, the way we keep up now is we have tablets. In the old days, we had to read newspapers and get articles. <laughs> yeah. Now, now we have tablets. And I have a phone. I could just in a few seconds look up stuff. It's so that does help. But uh, I, yeah, I believe that uh, the Lord's kingdom is um, is coming quick. Um, he's he's up in heaven preparing a home for us. He's had two thousand years. He's a carpenter, so I think it's going to be a pretty nice place to live. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's there's no viruses there. There's there's our loved ones. If you're hearing me and your loved ones have knew the Lord in their heart, I believe they're they're waiting for us. They're excited. They don't know when the day is or what, when is anything's going to happen. But uh, I got a feeling that the anticipation is building. Um, I, I think heaven's more real than we think. It's another dimension. And there's another topic for another day. But right. uh, it doesn't just mean because it's another dimension we can't see. It doesn't mean it's not physical. The scripture actually says uh, that. The things that we see are temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So the things around us are temporary. Uh, the earth, it says, is like an old garment will be put away. You know, um, it's just, um, it's just, uh, I'm just glad I know the Lord. I'm just 
Uh, I'm just glad I know the Lord in my heart. If you're out there, be thankful for your salvation, that the Lord has chosen you to live with him forever, that one of these days you're going to be with, with, we're all going to be with him. And uh, this plan he set forth through scripture is going to be fulfilled exactly the way he wants it. And uh, it's, we don't have to, we, we do worry because we're creatures of worry, but uh, the Lord says in Matthew, think chapter six, that the birds of the air neither sow nor reap, but your heavenly father feeds them. How much more uh, valuable are you than birds? Right. And he talks about the lilies of the valley, like how they're dressed more, more glorious than Solomon, who at the time, actually, if Solomon was alive today, he'd be a, probably a trillionaire, not a right. billionaire. And uh, literally, he would be a trillionaire. And even though he had all these riches and all this stuff, the lilies of the valley were dressed better than he was. And how much more will God clothe you? And it says men of a little faith. And basically saying, don't worry. It even says in the last part of that verse, those verses, um, tomorrow, I'll just paraphrase, tomorrow's gone. Uh, excuse me, yesterday's gone. Tomorrow's not here. Just worry about what's going on today. Don't even worry about it, actually, he said. Because he just said it, it never adds one minute to your life. It doesn't pay your bills. It doesn't fix your kids or your marriage. It just causes death, and it causes marriages to break up, families to fight. It causes a disease, a physical disease, worry and stress. And it's easy for me to say this, but I worry just like the rest of us. But when we get our focus off of what's going on around us and put it on, Lord, what do you have for us? What, what do you want me to do? I'm going to trust you. I, I, David said in, in many places in the scripture and Psalms, there's thousands around me wanting to, on all sides of me, but I'm not going to be afraid for you are with me. Right. Psalm, Psalms 34 says the poor man cried out and God heard him. And delivered him from all his trouble. It says also, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivers them from all, all their troubles. That's right. Psalms 34. One of my favorite chapters in the Bible. That's so I'd right. say to our listeners today, tonight, you can get anything out of this. God's in control. He's not, he's not worried about anything. And if you know him in your heart, that's, you've already got the, the battle won right there. You have all the tools. And all the power to live in this world and to, and to be effective for God. It's if God wants us to be rich, we'll be rich. God wants us to be powerful, we'll be powerful and, and influential. But what God really wants for us is He wants our heart. He wants us to be humble, contrite, and, and just love Him because He loved us first. Mm-hmm. And He has a kingdom waiting for us, not built by human builders. And I think it's Hebrews 11 talks about that, that the men of faith, they were promised a city, they were promised a kingdom, but they never saw it yet. But they were waiting for it eagerly. And that's called heaven. And so, um, and those people were being tortured and, and, and horrible things were happening to them, but they didn't give up on their faith. They didn't give up on the Lord. And he's not going to give up on us through all this. And It doesn't mean you have to have like you have to have positive thinking every day. Just know in in your heart you're not alone. And if you're out there, 
and you think, what, what purpose do I have? If you're alive, you have a purpose. That's right. You have a purpose. And God has something for you to do. He says, you give a cup of water in my name, great is your reward in heaven. Great your reward is in heaven. Not if you preach in front of 50,000 and you do a huge ministry. I know some of the church pushes that part of Christianity that God wants to give you money, and he does. He wants to bless us. But more than that, he wants to bless us with his presence in our life with peace and joy. That's what he wants to really give us, no matter how much money we have or don't have. He's not against blessing us physically. He just wants our heart to be right. That's right. For him. Mm -hmm. So I really appreciate you guys having me on. I have to kind of get off right now. Okay. Okay. Really, thank you guys for having me on. It's really enjoyed it. Blessing. It's been a blessing, and you're welcome anytime. Yeah. Definitely. Well, well, thank you so much. Good. Thanks for coming, Brian. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, I would love to be back on if you want to have me. That'd be awesome. Great. Great. We will do that. All right, Brian. Well, thank you, and God bless you, and and say hello to your wife and your son, and uh, and give them our blessings. Okay. Oh, I think, oh, I left. Again. Yeah, I think, I think so. <laughs> um, you know, as as for me, because we got uh, two minutes, so I can wrap it up uh, at least. Uh, I'm we not going to get into here. Huh? <laughs> we no, we've been on for an hour and 41 minutes. Oh, we got a late start. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I still got to get up late in the morning now. That's okay. Good. Um. Anyways, I don't want to play the Herald camping. Let's get the uh, you know rapture kind of thing. Don't even want to go there, but um, it'll be interesting to see what kind of conversation we're going to have uh, if the reset happens somewhere in, in September, October, as you know many people think. If that reset includes a lot of other things that might happen, uh, it'll be a pretty. Regardless, either way, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of a conversation we have before the election this year. I think. I think. Um, I don't know if you've been following it, Jim. And um, I think I've been following Q. Yeah, following Q. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been. Yep. Yeah. With all the children and everything, folks. I don't know if you've oh, been, yeah. been up keeping up with Q, but uh, you're not going to hear this in the mainstream media. But you know, for years, you know, we've been seeing kids on milk cartons, and we've been seeing, hearing about kids disappearing and never being found again, their bodies never being found. And you know, you always wonder where did where did they go? You know, and well, what's been happening in the last couple or three weeks, maybe even longer, is um, the military has actually been going in and um, raiding these tunnels underground where these little children are being kept. And uh, some of these children have even been born in, in these tunnels and, and these dark places, and uh, and they're being brought to the surface, and uh, all because these pedophiles are being found out for who they are, and I think a lot of them are being questioned and and, and under threat of, uh, you know, penalty of uh, maybe death, uh, they're revealing a lot of things that are coming on. I, for one thing, that Jeffrey Epstein's still alive and that he's, he's uh, spilling his guts. But yep. um, he these, these, um, these military actions have been going on. I was watching a video yesterday that I was totally enthralled with, um, and it was by this guy that uh, supposedly knows what's going on. You don't know these, these days and these things, but talking about these uh, deep underground military bases and how our uh, Trump's uh, sending forces into uh, to go after them. 
and um, and actually taking these bases over again. He said, uh, you know, using the term white hats and black hats, and that uh, all these children are being freed, and we're talking about tens of thousands of them, and uh, some with deformities, and uh, because they've been the product of incest, I'm, I'm pretty sure. But and plus being born in a um, an environment underground where you know there's a lot of uh, pollution and uh, and bad air and stuff like that. But uh, anyway, so this has all been going on, and you're not going to hear about this in the mainstream press. I don't know if you'll ever hear about about it, to tell you the truth. But it is happening, and um, it's one of the things that are happening uh, because of that scripture that I read to you. Um, a lot of people have been praying, and our land is getting healed. It's um, it's being um, taken back from the enemy. And um, there's a lot of interesting days that are ahead that are coming that are um, that I'm excited for, actually. Um, I do think that maybe this will be revealed. It'll, it'll be revealed at the trial of some of these people like Harvey Weinstein. And and I think that Harvey Weinstein and Epstein were, were basically uh, small players in all this. I think that it goes much, much deeper. And uh, expect the rest to start coming soon, I think. Um, and, uh, I, we got a letter, uh, the other day, Jim, on, on, uh, one of, from one of our YouTube broadcasts. I don't know if it was me and Ralph or, or three of us, but the guy said, if you, if you're thinking that Trump is here and that he's a good guy, you're wrong. All politicians are bad. You know, well, I kind of agree with him about regular politicians, but yeah, you know, I explained to him, I said, you know, I have to believe, I says, you're talking like somebody that doesn't have faith. I have to believe that there's a God in heaven. I have to believe that he's got man's best interest at heart. And I have to believe that he, he works through people, whether they're saved or unsaved. And I cited Cyrus. Um, and I said, you know, I happen to think that Trump is, is a, as a believer because you know, he brought up that he uh, was a uh, adherent of Norman Vincent Peale. Well, Norman Vincent Peale has been dead for what? 30, 40, 50 years now. Yeah. Um, I think he died before I was born, as a matter of fact, in the 50s. But, um, you know, so a lot of things could happen. A man's heart can change in all those years. You know, and I, th- I think that's what's happened with, with our, our leader. Um, and I think that uh, he, he is on the side of good and he's fighting for good. And um, I know that there's going to be people that doubt that. There's going to be people that um, think that, you know, he's in with all the other uh, uh you know, uh, what am I trying to say with the deep state? And uh, but, you know, I got to believe that God's watching out for us, like Brian said, and he cares for us. And and he's going to do the best that he can for us, and, which is really good, considering he's God um, in that, you know, he's using this man and, and the people that are that he's commanding um, to to bring righteousness to our land first. And then if it happens to bleed over in other lands, it seems it is it is doing. Um, Britain and uh, even Israel and uh, uh, Red, there's a, um, a rumor that we're working with the Russians and the uh, the Chinese to to eliminate the, the uh, national banks and uh, so there, there's a lot of stuff coming down the pike and yes there is a lot of reason like Brian said to be apprehensive and and uh, scared and fearful but like he said, we just have to agree that God's got it all under control. And uh, 
I, I like that. Uh, I don't think it's in the scripture, but I, I like when Moses is standing in, in the Ten Commandment movie. Um, he's standing and, and the people are, you know, at the sea and the, and the Egyptians are coming and he goes uh, some, something like stand, stand by and, and watch the majesty of the Lord and the sea parts, you know, and mm. and I, I just see that, you know, in, in my mind as being what's going on today. You know, we're we're backed up against the sea, and and the enemy's on the other side, and it looks like he's pressing in, but the the sea's going to part for us, and and uh, and we're gonna we're gonna be led to a, a land with milk and honey. Uh, we're already there; it's just that our land is going to be transformed again, back into a land of milk and honey. And uh, I got to believe that. Um, you know, I told the guy, I said, you know, history will prove whether I'm right or wrong. You know, but uh, I can't sit by and and think that everybody's evil and that I'm the only person that can affect any change, you know, because I can't. And uh, so, well, we'll see what happens. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that's that's the thing. That's the hardest part right now. We just have to. Uh, uh, well, you know what I do? I just refer everybody. I I have the movie open, and I just uh, copy the link. I send it to them, and whether it be email or went me through Facebook instant message or whatever. I said, watch this movie. Um, it'll explain everything. If you can understand it from a you know from a full gospel perspective, it'll explain everything and give you a piece that passes all understanding. Nobody that's made this connection or watched it has any peace. Everybody that watches it has a piece. So it's up to you. It's your choice. If you want to get a different understanding and assurance that God is in control, then watch this movie. If not, there's not much more I can, you know, say to you about it. And I just, I let it go into that. But I've been, so I've been pacing this thing all over the place everywhere. And that's really for me what it uh, has reduced itself to. Even my own kids, they haven't actually watch the movie. They heard a lot about it, but they haven't sat down and watched it. I said, look, gather the kids around, make it a family deal. It's not like you're going anywhere anyway, and and uh, watch the darn movie, and then you'll understand. You, it's not good enough to hear about it. I said, that's like hearing about Jesus, but not listening to what it actually says. Right. I said, so this is God speaking to us to comfort us, to provide us with a confidence to endure this. And you haven't allowed yourself, just knowing about it isn't good enough. Watch the darn movie. So they still haven't watched it. And they're still kind of antsy. Oh, my gosh. Well, what about the Watch the movie. Yeah. You know, it's right. like, okay, what part, you know, you're like a broken record. What part don't you understand? Watch the movie, and then you won't have any more questions. You'll have the confidence. Because we should be, when we make that connection, we should realize, okay, Trump is dealing with a, a, a society, a government that is so permeated with the enemy. He can't just tip his hand on everything he's got to be stealthy in what he says but watch his body language watch his watch what he's saying to us and how he says it he's telling us the mandates of god if we will only pay attention right. and so whatever he says to do do it because this is god's extension and expression of love and provision for us just do it so if you said if he says stay inside what the heck part don't you understand about that why? I mean, the TV is compelling, even in Detroit, Dave. It's unreal, un just crazy. Right. Stores are giving stuff away 75, 80%. Just come on down to the store and wait, you know, or we'll deliver it for you for 35 bucks. You know, anything to get them out of the house. Right. Um, people right. are going to the parks. It's a, such a nice day. I, I decided to go for a walk. Hello, what part of staying in a, is that staying in the house? No. 
It's not. Thank you. You're going to make this thing last. So you're going to go out and walk and have your little walk with your dog. You know, get him a newspaper. He taught, he learned that way. He's going to have to finish that way or, you know, at least right now for a while. I mean, what part of stay in a house don't you understand? Stay in a house or many more lives are going to die. You're going to extend this a little bit longer. I don't want to be here, you know, in September. I'd kind of like to really see this thing over in two weeks, three weeks, if you stay in a house exactly. and let it be done with. Exactly. I mean, God, and during Passover, did they say, hey, Jews, oh, you can't go outside. You know, it's okay. Just, you know, no, he said, stay in your house yeah. until this thing yeah, is over with. Pass by. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so you're exactly. going to, so what are you going to roll out and, you know, oh, who are you? Sorry, this is my job and you're outside. So, poof. Yeah. You know, whose fault is it then? You were told to stay in a house, dummy. Meet my sickle. So it's just, <laughs> 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 I mean, so, you know, I mean, man just doesn't change. That's why God calls his sheep. We're so stupid, we'll fall off a cliff on our own accord. That's why the shepherd has a hook to pull you back so you won't die. This is a shepherd's hook. He's saying, stay in the house. What part of that don't you understand? We, so we get all these enticements. We got we got right now, so all the kids are bored. So we've got all the uh, well-known artists in the area that have decided to come down to uh, uh, the flea market, and they got their setups so you can have a virtual tour of everything. Um all those people, maybe there isn't droves of people that have to worry about being six foot apart, but you got all these people down here when they were supposed to stay in a house. Yeah. Smart. Well, I don't know so, if you heard it. There's there's um, there's an island off of Georgia that everybody goes to, and I can't remember the name of it right now. But um, it's a very popular beach resort. And the island had decided that what they were going to do is just everybody was going to hunker down, stay in their houses, do what the president said, you know, and a you know, obey, obey what he said. And they did it. They closed all the stores. They closed the beaches and everything else. The stupid governor of, of Georgia says, oh, I'm going to close everything, but I'm going to open up the beaches. The guy, the city manager for, oh, I wish I could remember the name of that island. Um, he said, he says, you know what? He said, I'm so frustrated right now because we had everything in place. And now all these people that could be possible carriers of this virus are coming to our island. You know, we we yeah. got the same thing out here. We got a little – most of the people that retire here, if they decide to stay in Oregon, they go to the beach. They go retire over in Florence or Newport or whatever. You know, I think the population of Florence, I think it's like almost 80% retired people. You know? Mm. So what Not the these, people you want outside, right? Yeah, so what do all these people uh, do? They go to the beach. You know, all gosh. these young people, they go to the beach and they, you know, potential carriers of this virus – and, you know, and the old people are susceptible to it more than younger people. So, you know what it is? It's all about what is going to satisfy me and my flesh. Yeah. You know, and now and that's not to confuse with people that are determined as um, essential to keeping up. I mean, people that work in the water plants, people that work in the uh, electrical plants. I get it. They got to be there in right. order to. You know, otherwise you're going to have multiple deaths. Everything falls apart. Then all of a sudden we're hunkered down with no heat, no water. no. I mean, so I get it. These guys got to be out there. And I'm sure that God's grace and mercy has made provision for that. They have to be out there because they are, in a sense, first responders. You know, to do their job, to serve our society and infrastructure, they got to be out there. So we're not talking about them. I totally get it. But you can't tell me that all the people out there are, you know. Now, finally, seriously, people have taken it here in Michigan. 
I mean, the guy downstairs all of a sudden realized he's not all that self-important and he's got to open up Monday through Friday every day, you know, to be there. He's right. actually not there. He hasn't been there since they ordered. They pretty much got tough and said, look, if we see you out and you're not a, um, you don't have any medical or reason for, you know, being out, then we're going to fine you. We could even jail you. They haven't jailed anyone yet, but they are starting to fine people. And the fines are pretty stiff. I think they're like a thousand dollars. So, Good. You know, Good. yeah. Yeah. But it, but it's gotten through people's, you know, thick heads, and uh, you know, the 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 instructions are so simple. If if you just really see the, I think some of it, Dave, is there's a sense of protocol. People don't understand, especially younger generation. It's not their fault because they've been taught this way from the stupid schools. There's a certain protocol and procedure that you follow in the military. There's a certain um, procedure that you follow in order to keep safety and order engaged while you're engaged in combat. We are engaged in combat now. Now, the same thing is, as a soldier, you have to be disciplined. That means toughen up. Or like one time, I think I said it on this show, I, I said it on another show, and it's a it's a quote from a zombie movie, a comedy zombie movie, uh, Zombieland. And basically, it's something that we really need to take to heart right now. Shut up or nut up, or nut up or shut up. Right. That's what it is. Right. You got to be a little bit disciplined. That's all. You got to tough it out for two, three weeks. Come on, two or three weeks. Right. You got to right. be a tough soldier. You know. So I get it when you got, you know, maybe four kids, a stay-at-home mom. Oh, you got to, you know, you got a lot of uh, going that you have to take care of, and I get that. But two or three weeks, guys. That's all you have to do. Your kids might have to hurt, learn a new dimension of no. No, you're not going to get this. No, you're not going to get this entertainment. You know, try to be creative and, and get other things. But, you know, um, no, this is a time to hunker down. And and I, I think we were even warned that. I think it's in Psalms or something. And this is about going in and uh, and staying in just for a short time. And it's an encouragement that, hey, I, you know, it's tough, but you you can do it. If the Israelites did it, I mean, you know, they and they didn't have all the municipalities or anything, but they were told stay in and wait. They didn't wait for days, but I mean, well, they had to wait for a certain amount of time. Even, it's discipline. Even in World War II, you know, people are like, oh, this has never happened before. No, it has happened before. In World War II, you put out black, blackout curtains in your house so that the light couldn't shine outside in case enemy bombers came over. They never right. did, thank God, but you did it. You you put things over your headlights so that only a little bit of light came out if you went out at night. But most of the time, you didn't go out at night. They rationed gas. They rationed food. They rationed metal. Everything else. Everything was rationed. So, no, this isn't a new kind of thing. This is just something that you do when you got to hunker down because you got an enemy that you're fighting against. And we did it, and we won. The people of Britain did it. I mean, they, they got it a hundredfold, you know. We, we didn't even get anything, but they, they were constantly attacked. They stayed in their buildings. They didn't go out at night because any second that air raid siren could, could sound, you know. And if a bomb fell on you, well, <laughs> and you were outside, well, that's tough. I mean, it, I mean, it was falling on buildings and stuff, too. But when they said get down into the shelters, people ran down into the shelters because they didn't want to become a statistic, you know. But every, mm-hmm. for some reason, everybody, you know, nowadays is like, oh, it's not going to happen to me. You know, it might happen to the guy down the street, but it's not going to happen to me. Well, that that little phrase has gotten more people killed over thousands of years. It sure has. And it's, it's strumming the same tune, man. You know, yeah. and, you know, history is his story. You know, it repeats itself because human nature doesn't change. Right. Uh, now, it can change, but it changes to the conformity of God's word. 
the word in the written word and also the the rima the prophetic word and we're getting a clear prophetic message through people that are reliant and reliable now i i get all kinds of email and comments about well no he was a false prophet well how do you know that he was a pro false prophet uh, this one guy is just really, you know, I know this isn't Wilhelmson. What happened to Wilhelmson? He would never say something like this. Well, yeah, Wilhelmson would. I'm, you know, I'm one that's familiar with this. I said, so you, you say that Kim Clement uh, prophesied falsely. Well, what qualifications do you have to make that determination? When was the last time God used you in the prophetic ministry so that you firsthand had firsthand experience to know how to discern the difference? Right. And I said, and so when was the last time you spoke in tongues? Because this is a sign of them that believe they shall speak in new tongues, they'll lay hands on the sick, they'll cast demons out. When was the last time you did any of these things? Mm -hmm. I said, I bet the chance is that you are making this decision because you have clearly on a broad scope just counted it all as garbage because you've been told that these things don't exist for day for today. So therefore, you have are totally ignorant to any of it. You're totally unqualified to make a comment about any of this because you just reject all of it. You're not tapped into what God is trying to provide and equip his church with today because it doesn't agree with your doctrine. I said, so let's have this conversation in, uh, I said what I said, just before the election in November of this year, let's see how much your limited edition gospel has got, how far it's gotten you. And then maybe we'll have a, a little bit of a different conversation. Just get back with me that you don't have to reply now because I think you know that this is where you stand and this is what you believe. You're not going to convince me and I'm not going to convince you. But let's just have this conversation come, uh, you know, come. I said, everybody's talking about an October surprise. Well, you know what? I think there's going to be a real big October surprise. So let's talk about it during that time. <laughs> and <right. laughs> so, you know, and, and I'm perfectly calm to wait. Um that's not very long away. That's what um, six months. That's right. Five months, something like that. Yeah, I, I can wait that long. No, I can wait that long. That's right. Oh my gosh, I'll be sixty-nine then. You realize that? Whoa. <laughs> <sighs> One year away from seventy. Yeah. And getting younger every day. You know, I did respect my parents, so I got a, a ten-year extension on that. I think it is. Right. Right. So, you know, eh, you know, but, you know, 70, that's that's about it. But God's fixing my body. So, heck, I'm going to get back on a scooter and everything. It's going to be a lot of fun. I like that idea. I just, go. you know, every week, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there. I. It's just great. Yeah, it, it's Period. it all depends, guys, on what you have sown, sown to. And that's what you're going to reap. So for some of it, it's going to be heaven on earth. For some, it's going to be hell. For the rest of it, it's going to be, you know, a spectrum somewhere in between. Uh, heaven or hell or heaven um, only in your own hearts can you know I think you know I think really that this isolation is a, uh, a time to get to reflect to to really know what is my relationship with you Lord and and what do I need to be prepared for this should be what this time is really spent for is to a time to really reflect and reflect and get intimate with God and get ready because once this thing is out then we have a very short time of a wonderful short time to uh, go out and proclaim the love of God and be that last thing. Um, what's that? Something just popped up and it was something about Brian, so I didn't know what it was. But I guess I thought maybe you were sending pumpkin time, but I did. It is it's, it's, it's a great pumpkin. Oh, now. you goofball, man! I, oh, <laughs> I didn't click it on because you right now I left a meme on my uh, Facebook page oh. and I got. 
two radio show requests. I got all this other stuff going on. It's like, you know, manana, man, later, you know, not right, right now. Right. I had to turn the screen off because it was uh, distracting. So when this popped up, it's like, okay, one other thing. I'm focused on the program right now. Later. <laughs> hey, Windsong's been on here the whole night, by the way. Um, and she is, she's thanking you for your good words, um, Jim. But she was, um, I guess, she's always been here to, to let me know if the sound's off. Um, you know, off meaning, you know, one person's louder than the other. Or uh-huh. if the sound's not working. And, man, I'm telling you, she's invaluable. She's, she's like okay, our technician. You know, <laughs> as we expand out and have the resource to expand out, she's probably going to be uh, – you're going to be elected, girl. You're going to be our engineer, you know, our soundboard or whatever engineer, yeah. Yeah, that for sure. <laughs> and somewhere out there, there's a secretary. I need – oh, God, do I need a secretary. Whew. Yeah. I need a secretary. I need a filer. Yeah. yeah. I need somebody to just remind me, you know, you got this uh, here, you got this. I mean, because I get sticky notes or I get, you know, notes and I put them in a special place, you know, so they can get ready for whatever counseling or, or whatever it is. I put it in such a special place I can't find it again ever. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I find it's like it always hiding, hiding money and then not being able to find it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm coming over to your house sometime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's have a scavenger hunt. <laughs> Oh goodness! Well, Jim, well, we better say good night so you yeah. get some sleep. You got a busy day tomorrow, and so do I. So, um, uh, it's been a great show. And, and again, you're you're not here, Brian, but thank you so much. You've been awesome, um, and I mean that. He's welcome anytime he wants to come on. And uh, you know, and all we'll, night long, I've been wondering what's his last name. What's his last name? It's, we got two Danes uh, and, a, and a guy from Spain. Spain Danes night. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> uh. You have a good one, man. All right. A little closing prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you and we just pray, Lord, that help us all to reflect. And everything that we've taken in tonight, Lord, help us to reflect and see how we fit in, how we apply. Just prepare us. Get us ready for our roles and what we play in in all of this. Uh, Help us to work together to to just obey, to obey and, and endure, to set down our preconceived prejudices or preconceived ideas of doctrines of uh, things. Help us to actually be unified as a body. Help us to work together, set aside the things that you think are really non-essential that might be dear to us doctrinally, but help us to love our brothers and sisters as family and not want to fight and be contentious, Lord. We need to come together in unity now like never before. Bring this about. I pray that you give everybody an individual revelation uh, to how to love and respect each other as a family, even if they came from a totally dysfunctional family. Um, help them come to a place where they can trust you to enter into that place, because that's where you want us to be, to love one another and respect each other without compromising our own selves. Lord, yes. help us to know how to meld all this together. We ask it in Jesus' mighty and precious name. Amen. amen. And amen. Okay, folks, have a great week. We'll see you next Monday. Jim, I'll talk to you soon. God bless, man. God bless you, too. Bye. Bye.